0: Welcome to another week on Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, September 14th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Chiefs didn't play on Sunday, but there were plenty of viewing options in just about every sport thanks to the rescheduling of events due to COVID-19. Star columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger join me to talk about a few of these offerings. We break down the first weekend of the NFL season and share the idea that we watch games through a Chiefs prism these days. We lament the first weekend of college football in our area with Kansas State and Kansas losing, and we wrap things up by marveling at what the Royals and Alberta Modesty have done this past week. So let's get going with Sam Ellinger and Vahe Gregor. Fellas, what's up? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Doing fine.
1: Blair, the word I keep coming back to is dandy.
0: Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that more than once today. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> You know, with with the Chiefs not playing on Sunday, so when the when the Chiefs have a Sunday game, it take whenever whenever it kicks off noon, three twenty five, seven o'clock. It just takes up the entire day. It's hard to pay attention to anything else. But without the Chiefs playing, I'm flipping through channels on Saturday and Sunday, and my God, there's so much sports going on right now. <laughs> I, it, it's unbelievable. There's I, I don't think there's ever been a time in history when well, I know there's not been a time in history when you've had – look, we're already busy in September anyway, right, with the convergence of baseball, the NFL, college football, and here, Major League Soccer. But, Jen, you, th- you throw the, um, you know, the the NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, <laughs> the U.S. Open golf is this week, U.S. Open tennis was this weekend. I, it's, um, it's a little difficult to sort through everything. So I guess my question is what did, uh, what did you guys favor on television this weekend?
2: Well i was um focused on the NFL um, for the most part um I watched a lot of games i i was a i was a good Kansas City guy too um caught some of the Royals as they uh you know make a push for the playoffs or something um, <laughs> they're they're doing something yeah and then uh watched i don't know it, it probably ended <laughs> up being half of the sporting game that night, but you're right man i mean it it might be true that there's never been more sports you know, like televisable sports, like major college professional sports on at one time than there is right now. Is that, I mean, that may be an objective fact.
0: I I think you're right. And and this was like, yeah, right. I mean, this was, and this was the full, you know, the first, well, full, it's not full, but college football, was a little more full than it was the last week, yeah. not as full as it could be because the Big Ten and the Pac-12 aren't playing still. But all the big, tw- you know, most of the Big Twelve and ACC teams in action, so you had options on for college football watching. And um, you know, it, it mostly again, empty stadiums everywhere in every sport. Though what struck me about the emptiness of stadiums was not the NFL. I guess I'm used to it now. Um, having watched some college football the first week and seeing the empty stadiums and baseball, of course, but tennis—I I watched the U.S. Open final, the men's final yesterday, and Dominic team, by the way, what a fantastic final. His first major. Nobody in the stands except for you know coaches, his uh, trainers. So there couldn't have been more than a couple dozen people in the stands watching the U.S. Open tennis final and. For an event like that, I mean, it really, really does need fans and to 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 add to the atmosphere. I was flipping around the NFL like you were, Sam, on on Sunday, and a lot of a lot of crowd noise piped in. I'm still not sure how I feel about that. What do you think?
2: I don't like it, Um, but I I I understand that I'm not the target demo here. You know, with uh, I'm going to watch, and and to me, it's more interesting to have no no crowd noise because you can hear things that you're not used to hearing. Like, I just look at this as kind of an opportunity yeah. in so many different ways of, of, you know, delivering a different experience. Um, but I also understand just, you know, the idea that a more casual fan might think that's weird and and want the the noise piped in. So I understand why they're doing it, but I'd, I would love it if it was just silent. I think that would be really cool to hear.
1: I, I'm with Sam on that, uh, Blair. I, I And for some reason, I don't know if you guys will agree with this, but it the noise feels more intrusive to me in the in the NFL than it really does in baseball. I don't know why, I'm not really bothered by it in baseball. I think over time I've come to realize I'd appreciate just <laughs> hearing the raw noise on the field. But, um, but football, I feel like that that noise is, is all the more appealing, right? I mean, it's not just uh, yelling at the ump um, when there's, you know, a, a bad pitch call. It's uh, the, 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 the sounds of the game. We, we can hear the sounds of the game in a different way. And To some degree, we have. I, I, I certainly noticed that while I was watching the second half of the Kansas game, which I didn't hear you guys mention that you, you watched, but uh, <laughs> um, I did notice that uh, I, it, it really came alive. It kind of was crackling in a little different way, um, even with some noise piped in.
0: So there were there were no fans at that game, and and of course no no fans at Kauffman Stadium for Royals games. But you know the 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 American Heartland has uh, been pretty welcoming to fans, as we've seen. Right, <laughs> the, the the Chiefs said they're fifteen, almost sixteen thousand on Thursday night. Uh, Sporting Kansas City's had two games now at Children's Mercy Park with fans in it. Kansas State had fans in the stands uh, for its game on on Saturday. So. Uh, at least, if you're a sports fan around here, your 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 only option is not your, your options aren't limited to just TV. You can you can go to games. And now, if if I if I saw this correctly, watching sporting last night, they're going to open up to even more fans for 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 the uh, for the home games that are that are on the schedule now. So, um, I guess the, the 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 hospitals will tell us if this was a good idea yeah. in the next yeah. few weeks, right? Yeah. yeah. Um and you know this is interesting
1: just when as it applies to the chiefs for instance um uh, what I what I don't yet understand about any tracing methods is whether we will really know if for instance arrowhead had some elements of a super spreader just because I'm not sure how the contact tracing really plays out. I mean do you guys think that if if it turns out there were a number of cases that went into and then came out of Arrowhead that will really understand that.
2: I think it depends on where they get, where you get tested and and how those things come about. Like um, my hope is that that would be one of the first questions. If, if you're test positive, Um, the three of us have not had this experience. Right. But I would assume they say, um, you know, where have you been, write the names down. Um, Have you been to any major events? So I don't know, it's, it's, uh, we're all guessing, you know, and uh, I, you know, I've been a trust the experts guy the whole time and uh, even knowing that they're guessing, they're guessing with more information and, um, you know, more attuned to these things than we are. But um, yeah, I mean, if I I will say this, like, I I know there's different perspectives and uh, different experiences and stuff, but I thought it was going to be an utter complete 100% S show on Thursday night. Like, I, I just thought that, um, I, I don't know why, I, but that's just what I thought. And it was much more organized. It was much, it, it just, it looked more organized. I'm trying to think of a different, a different word, but it just, it looked better than, than I expected. Did you um, feel
1: I, like it got, it was able to be sort of enforced or, or at least people respected it in some way that you hadn't counted on Sam?
2: Yeah. So I, I mean, I've talked to, um, I don't know, a handful of people, I guess, that, that were at the game. And, you know, there's differing opinions, right? I mean, I think some of it depends on where you were sitting. Some of it depends on, you know, just sort of randomness of, of what stuck out. But um, the prevailing, not unanimous, but I would say like consensus, is that the Chiefs were making every honest effort that they could. Um, the one thing over and over that people talked about was the, the, the seats being zip-tied and that that was, you know, a major thing in keeping everybody distance. If you notice like the K-State game for instance, and they don't have a lot of seat backs, you know, it's it's a lot of bleachers. So you're not I don't know, you could come up with some other solution. I don't know what it would be, but you know, uh that was different. Like there there were fans that that were in bunches um at that game in a way that that it wasn't at the Chiefs. They had they had usher I don't know, ushers, but some sort of stadium employees that you know walking up and down the aisles with signs promoting you know distancing and masking and stuff like that so um i, I felt like nothing's 100 percent right and i also think about like if there weren't 15,985 people whatever they ended up announcing uh where would those 15,985 people watch the game and um right. would, would it have been in you know big watch parties you know 20 people in a house and would that have been better or worse? you know like I, I think about that kind of thing too uh, but it, it looked to me, and it sounded to me, from the people I've talked to, at least, and there's different opinions out there that the Chiefs were were doing their honest best, um, and and so obviously we all hope, right, that that uh, that it was pulled off, and there's not going to be a you know a major outbreak that can be tied to this or the K State game or any of the sporting games or anything else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I, I think I do part. think that. Well, I think it helped that. You know the Chiefs had two open practices, right? um yeah. The and so they had a couple dress rehearsals. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, and I remember thinking at, at the after the first practice, we saw the the uh, photos of fans sitting close together, some without masks. And Mark Donovan, you know, the Chiefs uh, Chiefs president, uh, addressed that in a news conference afterwards. And I think the message was pretty clear uh, to Chiefs fans: look, you're we're one of the very few stadiums in the NFL that is going to open to fans, let's do this right. And yeah. I, 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 I sense that that was the case, you know, from, in terms of social distancing.
2: Yeah, I, I thought, again, I, I just thought they did as well as they could. One of the perspectives that I was really interested to hear of the people that were there is um, a friend of mine, and he is both an avid, 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 avid Chiefs fan, um, and he's also a doctor. And, um, and I was just curious, like sort of his perspective on this, you know, cause he's, he's kind of got both sides and, um, and his thing, he, th- he thought, um, you know, just like what we were just talking about, nothing's a hundred percent, but he thought that he was like proud that this was able to happen and, you know, appreciated at least the chance. And, uh, and he seemed to think that, that it went fairly well. Um, so I don't know, I, again, we'll see, but, um. I do like, you know, again, trust the experts, and that's kind of how I've been this whole time. And if they say it's good, um, then let's give it a try. You're distanced, you're outside, you know, all those things. there's there's some factors working in your favor. and And I also right. think about like you know, the Nelson Atkins is open now, right? and and I don't right. know right. all of their protocols, but you know that's indoors. And you know I mean things are things are opening back up and um, I don't know if they should. Um, but again, trust the experts, and these these things are all cleared by you know public health officials. So, um, you know, let's do our best.
1: I tell you what, too. You know, this makes me think of something. I, I've tried to be cognizant of this all along, but like, just because we might have a preconceived notion of whether something fits or works, um, doesn't mean we shouldn't try to adapt to understanding how it did or didn't go and keep evolving with it. Right. I'm not calling a scientist. I don't mean that, but, um, I felt a kind of uh spider sense told me this wasn't, this wasn't a good idea to do the, um, uh, have that many people come into one place. Um, and yet I, I've tried to stay open-minded about it and, and certainly want, want to see it work out. And I'm persuaded that from the way it's been treated so far that and I, you know, it, it, it has a chance, and it's much more reasonable than I understood it to be or than I projected it to be at the time.
0: Well, and maybe the Chiefs' experience will uh, influence other NFL teams to start letting fans in on a, on a limited basis. We'll, we'll have to see. Okay, let's take a break here, and we'll be back right after this. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of kansascity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit kansascity.com slash sportsbeatkc offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger are here today. We're talking all things Kansas City Sports, and the Chiefs played Thursday they're at the LA Chargers on Sunday which means they did not play this weekend but i now look at the NFL differently i don't know about you guys but you know everything you know i, I look at was almost result, every result like well how does this affect the chiefs how, <laughs> how, how does this uh, how, you know the ravens look really good and uh, you know they'd be playing a couple weeks and chargers you know got by the bengals and boy the seahawks look good and packers looked okay and you know potential super bowl opponents um, different than than previous years so what were your uh first weekend impressions although we got a couple games tonight but just overall first weekend impression sam um
2: well i feel exactly the way that you do when i watch other games and uh you know can this team beat the chiefs and um i thought the bills were impressive um although they were playing the jets you know um i thought the ravens were impressive although they were playing the browns uh the Seahawks look terrific. Um, Russell Wilson, that, that guy, like somehow I think he's become underrated uh, in, in the last few years. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, and and that guy, he might be the second best quarterback in the league. Uh, I, I think there's a reasonable case to be made. Um, I, I did notice, and again, you know, you got to think about opponents, but the Patriots won. Um, pretty convincing. I know the score wasn't a blowout, but, you know, that there wasn't much doubt of who was going to win that game. And Tom Brady did not have the best game Uh, that stuck out to me. Um, But as far as like the chiefs, again, like maybe I'm giving an unfair discount to what the Ravens did because it's the Browns, but the, the two teams that stuck out were the saints. Uh, That that was really impressive. Um, 34, 23, uh, what they did to Tom Brady, uh, you know, scoring 34 points, all that. And a team that I don't think a lot of people have been talking about, bunch about anyway um, is the Packers and I, I think that the Packers and Vikings are both good teams you know both you know sort of contenders to, to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC and I, I've kind of had the suspicion that Aaron Rodgers may be just on sort of an FU tour in 2020 and um, and it certainly looked like that um, Demonte Adams had a huge day but one thing that I didn't think about um, before yesterday is how the lack of crowd noise can affect the play in this way that you know when there's an empty stadium guys like Aaron Rodgers especially can have more control over the line of scrimmage and changing routes changing protect, protections and things like that and I just I wonder if that's even an additional advantage for a guy like that that his brain his experience um, you know can have even, even more of an impact uh, something I hadn't considered until watching the games yesterday I'm just interested to see if that continues to play out
0: yeah, and probably fewer false start penalties as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, how about you, Vahe?
1: Yeah, I, I I love that. Uh, the way this started with the, the point you made, Blair, it's so true. My whole context on following, watching the rest of the NFL has just been reframed by this. Like, it's almost like it's a wild card weekend. Uh, the Chiefs have the bye, and you're kind of <laughs> waiting to see who they're going to play. You're just sort of trying to feel. Um, so I, that that stuck out to me too. That feeling. Um, I, I don't know that I can add anything to that great summary Sam gave a really great insight um, the one thing this is just a really minor thought I think but it, it stuck out to me how much uh, the Patriots were were uh, ground ground game uh, to, to win and Cam Newton's dementia that he might add that way and I bring that up because I think we tend to think of the Patriots as kind of group um, but it it got me thinking about uh people trying to find an antidote or a book to play against the chiefs and whether somebody they can really run effectively um if they reorient a little bit more that way um might might be uh some, a little bit kryptonite yet um guess we'll get to see that in a couple months but um but not, nothing else really to add other than i think the chiefs will beat the chargers based on what we saw yesterday Um
0: and, well, there, I think I saw they're an eight and a half point favorite, the uh, first line, which is. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was trying
1: to look up the number, uh, whatever that streak is, or Andy's record against the Chargers. And if you Google Andy Reid versus Chargers, the first thing that comes up is why the Chargers should not hire Andy Reid. <laughs> it, it would be a terrible hire for them. That's great. Um, which I, I kind of got a little chuckle out of. <laughs>
0: Yep, what a disaster that would have been. <laughs> um the I'll say this, um the, uh, the the other the one the other team that impressed me this weekend were the, the Arizona Cardinals going into San Francisco and winning. I, I don't know what to I don't know what to make of the 49ers this year. I I yeah, I wonder if they're going to have a little bit of the Super Bowl hangover and a little like, kind of what the Rams had the year after they went to the Super Bowl uh and last year. The other thing is I was just really impressed with the quality of play in the yes. first week. And boy, are, are the players going to have an argument about doing away with preseason football after what I saw on the first week. Maybe look, maybe we'll find out at the end of the week when everything's tallied up that the injuries the injury count is a little higher than what we'd expect from a first week, but my gosh I, I was impressed with the the level of play this weekend
2: yeah I think it was already trending um, towards two right uh, pre-season Right, and it games. was and, and I don't know you're, you're right man this is the only thing is you know the the players and the owners are you know technically partners um, with the salary cap and you know that that money's got to be made up somewhere else um, I would think and uh, the only compelling argument to me for the preseason is just, you know, those bottom of the roster guys and, uh, you know, having a preseason doesn't increase the number of jobs, but it does increase the chance for, you know, some of those guys to make an impression. And not just that, but for the coaches to recognize the impression, you know, Um, and especially this preseason. And I know the Chiefs had, you know, one of these stories of a guy that people probably didn't expect to make the team make the team, but, um, you know, with fewer practices than usual, Uh, it's just harder to, you know, sort of recognize those guys. And um, that's a compelling case. I don't know if it's compelling enough to have the preseason because – and this is very different than college, by the way. Uh, You know, I thought K-State showed a lot of – I guess we'll talk about this, but I I thought K-State showed sort of a lack of, you know, typical spring practice, you know, practices and all that. But the NFL, I mean, if you didn't know any better, that could have been week 10. You know, everything looked pretty clean. It did. It did.
1: It. You know, the only thing I'd add is Sam. That's it's a great point about you know the the, the bottom of the roster churn. But I, I keep coming away with the the thought there that that it, it, since it doesn't change the amount of jobs, I sort of feel like ah eh, okay that's too bad, but um, the cream will rise to the top somehow with these these guys who were going to you know be maneuvered around. Onto the rosters, someplace or another, it's a little—it's a little bit of a bummer for them. But I do think, in the bigger picture, it—that—that's something that that uh, can be done without, the, meaning the preseason games.
0: Andy Reid always says, you know, uh, it, it, always in the third, fourth week of the preseason, that you know, at least now we, you're on tape. You know, he tells those guys below the cut line, you, we got you know, other teams now have tape on you, and that's and that's why. Yeah. That's why preseason game four is important, right? So we can you can get on tape and mm-hmm. and other teams can see you play. So, all right, let yeah, let's let's talk about the the college football weekend. Listen, it's a it, there's no way to sp- no other way to spend a bad <laughs> weekend for K State for KU for Iowa State. Those three teams lost to the Sun Belt teams. Uh, of course, it, it's really easy to. And I'd just dismiss those programs just say, oh, it's you know, they're all disappointments. Iowa State was actually in the top twenty-five and and got beat and to Ar- lost to Arkansas State. But I, I don't know. I I don't want to I don't, don't want to get too down on these teams yet. It's it's so <clears throat> different. I mean, some teams got to practice, other teams didn't. The number of practices were different. Um, yes, Big Twelve teams supposedly should have superior athletes and better depth. I, I think somehow the, the you know the the coronavirus may have affected depth for some of these teams. So I, I don't I'm I'm not I don't think KU K State Iowa State should should panic and the but, but unfortunately for them you know they they, they did take the loss all on TV, on national TV and there's no other non conference game to to make amends for that Iowa does Iowa State doesn't get to play Iowa. And there's no I – I forgot who K-State's marquee non-conference game was against this year, Vandy or Mississippi State or somebody. They don't get to play that game. So it was just a bad first impression for, for these schools.
1: Blair, I feel like – and Sam, I feel like um, I can see it as a blip for Iowa State or K-State and and for all the reasons you mentioned. But I think the trouble for KU is that it's really just kind of part of the same – through line right i mean we don't we don't see anything really different there um and again there's mitigating factors in in the sense of it being early in the season and uh all that but it looked to me like the better team won and that's that seems problematic uh for for the state of the program um here under Les miles
2: no yeah it looked like if you didn't know any better you'd think that the bye game was the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, there was that moment, it was their second or third touchdown, I think, that um, uh, that KU gave up. And you could hear, again, with without fans, you can hear things you don't normally hear, and you just hear, uh, you know, these boys can't play with us. These boys can't play with us. And uh, they were right, you know. And, and look, like, there was the moment, um, you know, later on in the game, the onside kick, You know, uh, that is a really close call. And, uh, you know, Jesse Newell had a a great, you know, he looked up the rule book and and took a screenshot of the moment. And um, if the interpretation is body over the line, not feet, I think they got the call right by like half a blink. But I just don't know how often you see that called. And so that's a frustrating thing. Who knows how the game would have played out. um, Right. There's no guarantee that KU would have won. Um obviously. K-State is a little bit different to me. That um I, I felt like, you know, look, um uh, Jonathan Adams, that guy is a monster. Oh, big time, Good big time great. wide receiver Good for great. Arkansas State. That guy jumps out on the out of the screen. Um but I, I do think that there was some you know mitigating factors or whatever in that you know, Arkansas State had a game against Memphis, and Arkansas State had um, I, I forgot the exact breakdown, but, I mean, just a significant advantage in just practice prep time um, for that game. And, and I did think, you know, uh, there were some plays that K-State left, uh, particularly in the passing game, where they, just, they, were, they were off by a half a second or, you know, a few inches. Um, that could have been big plays. Arkansas State also hit on um, some trick plays. And so I just, I wonder, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if, if um, KU had that rematch in a month, you know, I think they're getting the same score. And if K State had a rematch in a month, um, I'm not sure. You know, I think K State might be able to win that. All that you know, <laughs> Arkansas State was without a what was it nine starters? Is that right? Yeah, or not yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah that's
0: why so, I, I saw I saw where the line jumped uh, in, in favor of Kansas State that w- that week. Yeah, um, and and we you mentioned Jesse earlier. He made the point last week that that's something to keep an eye on is the line jumps. You know the the, the those who make the line have inside information that others do not, yep. and uh, and some of that you know is who's who's available to play and who isn't. And apparently, Arkansas State left some players back in Jonesboro um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, some starters even, and still w- was able to um to get to get it done against the wildcats yeah as
2: long as number 9 is on that bus that's
0: <laughs> it yeah and they, they even rotated quarterbacks didn't matter who was throwing to him either you know? God. he was that guy was such a stud the other thing about kansas state is they all new offensive line right they were breaking in five new starters i think they were only two starts or something uh, among those five in their college careers and i thought that that uh, had an impact on the on the wildcats as well iowa state loses to Louisiana Lafayette and it's, they, they were trying punt and a kickoff for a TV and it got t- for a touchdown. And it got me thinking that, you know, special teams is something that probably suffered by lack of practice yeah. in, um, in, in the preseason. They just probably you know, don't have enough time to work on everything. And uh, certainly in Ames, uh, the, the special teams were, took a beating on, um, on Saturday. And um, okay, let's, uh, let's finish it up with little Royals talk six in a row. That's, that's, Pretty pretty good. Uh, Twenty and twenty and twenty eight. They they're off today. Open a two game series at Detroit. Off on on Thursday, um, and then go to Milwaukee for uh, a series. Look, I I guess technically they can still finish five hundred. They're certainly trending in the right direction. There's just some good signs right now with the Royals and. Probably the best sign is they don't have the White Sox on their schedule the rest of the season. Uh, but but the other great sign, of course, is Alberta Mondesi. So, Sam, what's, what, what's going
2: right with the Royals? Yeah, this this doesn't matter at all, but does it not seem like this is kind of what the Royals do, that it's like, uh, once the NFL season starts, you know, like, uh, you know, Brady, Brady Singer takes a no-hitter into the eighth inning when the Chiefs are playing on a standalone right on national 30, 30. broadcast.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: I mean, again, it doesn't matter at all. It's just, it's just a peculiarity. Um, Modesty, I mean, it, it, he was, he just looked so terrible, right? And and I know that there were a lot of people like, you know, you got to send this guy out, you got to whatever. Um, but these last, what was it six games, seven games, whatever it's been. I mean, this is why. Like, I mean, he is so talented. Um, you know, there was a home run, one of the home runs he hit. I think it was Saturday. It was either Friday or Saturday. Um, he was batting from the right side and it wasn't the best swing.
0: It was like a half a swing. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and he's kind of leaning over and he yanks it 420 feet or whatever, um, over the left field wall. I mean, if you've got a guy who's that fast, that can do that. I mean, that is absolutely remarkable. And, um, I, I know he struck out three times. He was over four of three strikeouts yesterday on Sunday. Um, but he's been taking some walks, um, you know, it's just, he's such a, it's a mental thing. I, I really do. That's what it looks like to me. I don't know if you guys, it's just the body language. Uh, when he believes it, um, he can do anything. And and it seems like he, he believes it right now.
1: I agree with you so much about the body language on him. I mean, the difference now is pronounced, but also the way you can see it when he is not believing yeah. is really yep. almost like you, you got to, you got to do something like you got to throw a, a bucket of cold water on them or something. Cause it's so, so notable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons that they've had this streak, but if, if, if you just looked at him, Sam, you really broke down those numbers for the, the, the piece you wrote on him about 10 days ago, two weeks <laughs> ago, if he had just been a uh, decent, decent average to okay. Um, I think he was in position to, you know, maybe have affected three or four other games, and it, it, the season would look a little different. And that's a lot to heap on his shoulders, but um, I think it just shows how pivotal he is.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's just, he's just got different talent, you know, and um, it's just sort of game changing talent. And and he can change the game when he's on the base pass, he can change the game with a home run. Um, On defense, I mean, it's it's uh, it's pretty remarkable what his speed can do, and um, I mean, I'm just looking. It's it's been seven games, um, four home runs, three walks. I mean, still 13 strikeouts, but uh, you know, the OPS is 1.037, and that includes the 0 for 4 um, yesterday. So, I mean, he's uh, he's got it all. He just it's such a it's a chicken and egg thing, right? Like, how do you get confidence if you're not producing? Right. Um, and, you know, if you need confidence to produce, like, but, uh, you know, I'll say this, like, I, I was skeptical, um, you know, he hit the home run and immediately Matheny bumps him from, from hitting eighth to hitting second. And when I saw it, I was like, Ooh, like I, <laughs> that seems aggressive. If, yeah. you know, if what we're all seeing is true about, you know, the confidence and the body language, like, you know, why not just let him get comfortable down there for a little bit and, and, and build up. But, um, Gosh, I mean, you know, if it had any effect, what Matheny did, it was certainly a positive effect.
1: Yeah.
0: No, it's been fun to watch. I, I you know, I, it, you know, I don't watch all nine innings of the Royals game sometimes, but I always kind of keep up with what's going on on my phone. And when he comes to bat, I make sure to switch over. Yeah. You know, that's where it is with, you know, with the Royals. So. And, and
2: it hasn't been just him, too. I mean, you know, Hunter Dozier's killing it. Um, yeah. Perez. Perez
0: being back in the lineup, yeah, is, that's has a made a huge difference.
2: difference. Franco, I mean, they they've got some guys going, and then you know Brad Keller. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot his pitch wow. count yesterday, but you know nine innings gave up what just five hits. I uh, think it was like under one ten, yeah, um, like
0: one twelve or one
1: right in there. Yeah, that guy's okay.
2: a stud. That guy's a stud. Guys like that too that that rely on uh, you know sinkers. There's just a lot of fastballs. When, when you can pitch like that, I'm not saying this is who he is at all, but like Roy Halladay. Was like that, where it was just. I remember Zach Grinke saying, like, um, I was talking to him about like other pitchers, you know, who he likes watching. And I remember him just saying, like, I hate watching Roy Halliday. He's like, his games are so boring. It's just the same pitch over and over, <laughs> another ground ball to second, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Keller's got some of that, <laughs> you know, like, it's just like <laughs> such cold efficiency when he's going right. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> such dull <laughs> numbing efficiency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, you it know, really like anything with Zach, you understand where he's coming from. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, yeah. Like no. repetitive. And it is amazing. It is remarkable. But no, Zach doesn't care about that. <laughs> you
0: know. um, all right, guys. Great catching up with you. We'll do it again soon. All right, Blair. Thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger for stopping by and talking all things sports. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the sports pass offer. It still stands and still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage. And that includes a sports extra that comes with the E edition. There are 67 additional pages of national sports covers today. 67 sports pages in the E edition. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details are at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City helping us produce programs like SportsBKC. Thanks for listening and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.